With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From the short tracks to the super speedways, from two wheels to four wheels, it's revved up ATX on the horn with Bobby Chaffee and Rodney Rodriguez. This is where Austin Talks Racing. Austin Talks Racing in Austin is the hub of motorsports action this weekend. It is Revved Up ATX on the horn, the first of two episodes of Revved Up ATX that you will get live at Circuit of the Americas from the Echo Park Grand Prix, Expel 225, Pit Boss 250. There's so much going on. Bobby Chaffee, Bobby, your morning, my man. It's exciting. It's race morning. I mean, everybody that's uh, – we get to see all our NASCAR friends. Uh, nice to see them in person, face-to-face, instead of talking to them over the phone and text. So That's right. Always a good time when we get to come to Coda. And, of course, Stu Myrick, Speedway Stu, man of many <laughs> handles, uh, is here as well. Stu, man, this is always it's, – it's kind of our little rite of passage right here. It is. This is so – it's so fun to come out to Coda. Doesn't matter what the discipline, but NASCAR just brings a special something to Austin. So great. What a jam-packed weekend between this, the Dell Technologies match play at Austin Country Club, Texas in the Elite Eight. Boom. Welcome, Horns. How about that? How about that? Lots to break down, but we're uh, immediately doing the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline in person this time as the Expel 225 coming up a little bit later on, uh, less than an hour away. They will hit the track. Of course, that is the uh, Craftsman Truck Series. And we have with us here in Studio 6 with us, we have uh, Spencer Boyd. He is the driver of the number 12 Record Rack Chevrolet in the Craftsman Truck Series. Spencer, first of all, I think you've got half the battle because you're here. You're here. (laughs) Walk us through your, your journey. Yeah, it's, uh, man, it was a rough one yesterday getting here. Uh, typically, I would come in, you know, on Thursday and had some business meetings Thursday evening and had to take a quick flight out Friday morning and was supposed to take off at 7 and uh, overslept. Uh, alarm didn't go off. Uh, oh, man, I, 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 thought it, I, I thought it was a flight problem. I didn't know you were the problem. <laughs> it, was, it was a personal problem. I, I'm man enough to admit that. Nice. So uh, set my alarm for 4 a.m., accidentally put 4 p.m., oh, uh, so that. woke up man, at 7. And went, wow. So uh, first time that's happened, this is like my 140th NASCAR race. And uh, I was pretty embarrassed to say the least. But uh, then delays and issues, had to fly into San Antonio, ultimately made it here 10 minutes into qualifying and uh, really disappointed uh, letting my team down like that. But Stephen Parsons, awesome guy. We grew up together. He did a great job jumping in last minute. Uh, we're similar size, uh, which is tough. You know, I'm one of the bigger guys. So uh, for him to be able to jump in and then go out there, we had an issue in practice. He got one lap and then go lay down a lap in qualifying. He did a good job and uh, helped my sponsors out, and I'm ready to take the reins today. Nice. So, Spencer, good news, bad news. Truck looks great. Outstanding paint job, paint scheme, livery, whatever you want to call it, since we're at Circuit of the <laughs> Livery, Americas. my man. Livery. Right, livery. <laughs> Bring an F1 to Look, it. Looks, it looks yeah, great on TV. What? 
Looks great on TV, but you mentioned the issue yesterday. Looked great on TV, but there's a little bit of issue with the fire extinguisher. Tell us about that issue from yesterday. Yeah, so I uh, wasn't there uh, when that happened in practice. I was obviously hauling the mail to get here and um, had a pinhole in the oil line. Uh, didn't realize it at the shop type deal. Obviously, we start the trucks and run them and make sure everything's good. And Then when I got out on the racetrack, I uh, started smoking a little bit from what the guys said. And when he came down pit road, obviously, there's no more, like, forced air right so then a fire can really like ignite at that point so caught on fire uh crew did an amazing job to get an oil line change it get the truck filled up i mean these 20 minute practices and then five minute break till qualifying that's a lot to uh ask i mean obviously a driver usually just stays in the truck and you know you're right. focused the whole mm-hmm. time um so i text Stefan last night i was like man you know way to keep your head cool and and do the job that need to be done and uh, the crew worked hard. I mean, our team owner, Tyler Young, was under there, actually burned a hole in his shirt, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to get the thing ready. So a lot of people don't realize the amount of people and effort and little things that happen that uh, you don't always see throughout the weekend. It was on TV, and uh, they got it fixed up and ready to go. Hey, Spencer, this track is, you know, we, we hear it from drivers of all disciplines, F1, IndyCar, of course, NASCAR. What's the biggest challenge for the trucks with this 3.41-mile circuit? Man, there's a uh, this track is really cool. They're I a little bulky. Um, they're they're big, right? <laughs> and uh, trucks, you know, NASCAR in general, especially like Xfinity and truck, they don't really slow down that well. The brakes are not near as good as other disciplines of racing. So when you come here, there's some you know high speed braking zones, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, turn eleven, twelve, twenty. Um, when you look at those, you are asking a lot out of the brakes. You're asking a lot out of your truck to you know make a one eighty degree turn like that. And these tires, you know, truck wants to get tight. Truck wants to wheel hop because you're downshifting. And like I said, with the brakes, you know, you're engine braking a lot uh, to help get the truck slowed down. And wheel hops, and there's a lot of issues. And I think you saw that in practice and qualifying where uh, some trucks that typically are really good uh, didn't make it out to qualify because they had issues. So that's kind of the unknown when it, when you come to a track like this. And you got drivers that, like myself, you know, aren't super experienced on road courses. Yeah. Um, so I've been out here testing, did a lot of sim work. Felt really prepared for this week, and uh, obviously my my clock wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) No doubt, no doubt. Spencer Boyd with us. He will uh, head to the track here uh, momentarily. He's on the track uh, here shortly at noon in the XBEL 225. With that, though, being that you do have to start further back, this track, like a lot – this racetrack different from a lot of others. There are a lot of passing zones here. Uh, it, it affords you the chance to be able to work your way up a little easier than some of the other spots. Yeah, tr- tracks wide. Uh, there's a lot of different lines available. Uh, you can outbreak people. You know, get aggressive. Obviously, uh, you know, starting where I'm starting, you're going to have to put your truck in vulnerable situations. But uh, you got to bury some guys quick. You know, uh, first couple laps on a restart, move some people, and uh, you know, take advantage of. Uh, that restart of everyone being tight together. So uh, weird that this year we don't have stage breaks. Yeah. Uh, so strategy is going to change up, and track position is going to be really crucial. So uh, I'm excited to get out there. Uh, <laughs> our guys are like, all right, man, you're pumped up. Don't overdrive the truck. But yeah. uh, we'll get out there. Truck looks awesome. Great cause. Uh, bringing awareness uh, for uh, Medal of Honor Day mm-hmm. next week and Vietnam Memorial Day. So truck looks really cool. Uh, Mike Rose is going to be out there, uh, Medal of Honor recipient. Uh, going across the stage with me at driver intro. So I'm pumped, um, really excited. Anytime you can hang out with guys like that, man, you got to consider yourself lucky. As a veteran, I, I can I can applaud that all day long. And, and isn't that so much of our sport? I mean, obviously, you, you know, we like to come, we like to enjoy, we like to do all of this, but our sport is is 
does such a great job with that right there, with, with the veterans and military. Makes me proud to be involved with the sport, with their input with that. Yeah, I mean, NASCAR does a great job, motorsports in general, um, highlighting, you know, veterans and giving us the opportunity to do cool stuff. Uh, you know, I, for me, get to walk across stage all the time, and, that, and that's really fun. But to someone that doesn't get to do it, it's like, this is a highlight, you know, of a weekend. So uh, looking forward to going out there and doing the best I can for Record Rack, Deer Feed, and uh, Fort Worth Stockyards Whiskey and Wine. And uh, Mike Rose, he's going to be on the pit box, so mm-hmm. uh, he, maybe he'll make some good calls for me. Nice, nice. And I believe another event, and then you have something tomorrow as well uh, for our, our fans here in this area. Yeah, here in the Austin area um, tonight after the Xfinity race, uh, Armadillo Den starting at uh, 7 p.m., I'll be there signing autographs, Austin English playing music. He's a local Texas guy. We're, we're good buddies through the rodeo, and uh, Fort Worth Stockyard Whiskey and Wine is going to be sampling out there. It's a free event. Come hang out, uh, meet me, take some pictures, enjoy uh, some free swag. And then tomorrow, uh, 11 a.m., I'll be at the uh, Tractor Supply signing autographs uh, just outside of Buda. So um, love the Austin area. Enjoy this town. Uh, they always say Austin's weird, and uh, they've been acceptive of me. So uh, I'm excited to be here for the weekend. The best part is you got Buda right. When yeah, that's, that, right. that's perfect pronunciation. That's, that's like five miles from my house. So the fact well, that you got Buda right, that was really that was We get really a lot good. of Buda. It's like yeah. I'm going to Buda. I'm yeah, like, I don't know Buda. where that is. But yeah. uh, anyway, Spencer, thanks so much, dude. Thanks for taking the time. I know it's race morning, uh, jumping in here with us. Uh, good luck today, man. Looking forward to watching you out on the racetrack. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having me, and I uh, appreciate what you guys do to keep our sport alive. You got it, man. Take care. There he goes, Spencer Boyd right there, as he will compete in the Expel 225. That is one of two races that we have this afternoon, and we are just so excited to be right here. And, of course, we are noon to 2 o'clock tomorrow. We'll take you up to the start of the cup race. That will be happening at 2 o'clock. So, diving back in, we wanted to get Spencer right there. When you get an opportunity to get a guy that's about to jump on the racetrack, you absolutely cannot pass that up. Uh, Need to thank his uh, PR man, Tom, that was able to put that uh, together. But diving into this, Obviously, a lot of focus on tomorrow, you know, the cup race, the NASCAR race, you know, that's a, but the pe- main event, the main event. But, you know, it's like I'm going to the NASCAR race, but the beauty of this with the triple header and today, I think a, lo- a casual fan can come today and be satisfied with just today. Oh, this, yeah. this is a nice setup that we have here today. Well, you've got and you've got you have all three series running right. today. You have the qualifying for cup. Uh, the truck series is running. Xfinity series is running. Plus all the different activities. They even have wrestling. <laughs> Let me correct that. Lucha Libre. Oh, are they doing that again? They're doing that and in the in the uh, Grand Plaza. In fact, one of the wrestlers I call matches for quite a bit, Alejandra Lyon, great female wrestler out of the DFW area. She's supposed to be in p- part of that. So I may head over there and go, go see – Go see my my dear friend Alejandro. I, I thought that they were having what what do they call it now? Pint sized. Re- oh, the, that's the, the micro. Mi- the, the micro. micro. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say the other M word. Yeah, not no, 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 don't there say is, that. I mean, and there's a series that does that, but no. Apparently, they're supposed to have lucha libre, which is the Mexican style of pro mm-hmm. wrestling. Uh, at the Grand Plaza here at Circuit of the Americas. Nice. We can dive into it more tomorrow because tomorrow will be more you know for the Echo Park uh, Automotive Grand Prix, but. Cup cars qualifying right now, and it looks like uh, Tyler Reddick is at the top of the heap, and he was the one yesterday uh, that that was the quickest. Jordan Taylor right there along with Austin Sindrick. Y'all's thoughts. I mean, brand brand new downforce package yesterday. Um, you know, we, we heard drivers say that they're having to fight the car. That's really the goal of this. That's what NASCAR is wanting to do. They're wanting to make it more of a not-so-driver-friendly car. 
We've got a session in there. I actually went and looked at the diffuser to, to, to look at how all of that works. Uh, Bobby, your thoughts on, on them on track yesterday. Um, to the to the naked eye, it doesn't look a lot different, but it was massively different. It really was. When you got to go through the garage, that, that tiny spoiler, at the, for so, so many years, we're used to this gigantic just plastic spoiler or Lexan on the back of the cars, and this thing's two inches tall. It's really, it's barely there, mm-hmm. but it, it's uh, that and the new diffuser and the, the mud flap deal still kind of blows my mind looking at mud flaps <laughs> on a cup car, but uh, I, I thought yesterday went really well. The practice session seemed to fit. Uh, once the track got dry, it was delayed an hour just because mm-hmm. the track got wet from a little bit of shower. But uh, so far, so good. I'm still interested to see how the package is going to work in a pack. Uh, like when they go up on top of turn one and a lot of the passing opportunities they get, especially down the back stretch where they go from, you know, high gear all the way down to first gear for that 90 degree corner. I'm interested to see how the new package shakes out over there. But all in all, I think the, when the it's a catch-22. When the drivers are pleased, that means that it's not always going to be the best race because it's too easy. It's too but easy, the drivers yeah. have all said they like the new package because it's harder to drive, which ironically should make for a really good race tomorrow. And, and I think that's where with, with the Cup guys, this is where we have you know the Christopher Bells and the Ricky Stenhouse and the Chase Briscoes and, and all of these guys that like. And, and that's what folks don't understand. When, when you talk about loose, loose is a condition, and I can tell you when, you, when you're driving a loose race car, it's not comfortable. I mean, you're on the edge regardless, but you just don't feel like you're in control. But I have to tell you, it, it, me personally, I like the looser race car. When you have something that's tight, I mean, when, when you go into the corner and that thing just wants to, to yank itself down it's just to me it's a worse feeling and i really think that that's where where we see some of the guys that that maybe like the tight race car that this is where they're struggling um you know what 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 do we see tomorrow i don't really know because like bobby said let's get them in a pack and that's that's when we'll have a better idea but I think what's going to be interesting tomorrow is like Spencer was talking about with passing zones. You've got long straightaways. This track is going to throw everything at them in a package that they really don't know what to expect. Well, and that's one of the things, you know, again, and I, and I got this from some of the drivers. We hear that a lot, no matter what the discipline, where is NASCAR, WEC, F1, uh, IMSA. This track has so many different elements to it. The elevation changes, the turns. Uh, you know, the S's, it's so hilly coming off of uh, turn, say, 13, coming through around the tower through 18 and 19. And it's going to be interesting to see with this new package how those drivers are going to meet those challenges on this track tomorrow. Well, and today with the with the, with the trucks in the Xfinity. And I've had a lot of folks that, that ask, and, and we'll get to Xfinity and truck because obviously that's, that's today. But it's like, why change the package? I mean, why are they doing the why, why are they modifying it? it they needed it. Th- they needed to. And that was the thing. When, when this car came into fruition last year, we expected just from past experiences a mile and a half to be maybe the one, maybe, maybe the races that weren't going to be as good. And those wound up being good. And the short tracks and the road courses where the previous car, where the number six car, Gen 6 car was, th- those struggled. I mean, the race here last year. I mean, you had passing, the finish was great, but if you go back and look at it, the finish kind of supersedes everything else. And that's what you get a lot of times where you have a race like that with an ending that it it, it takes some of the other stuff away. But for them to do this, I, I think we see this more in, in Martinsville, Richmond. I think that's where this package is really going to, to play itself out a little more because here you got right and left. Uh, I, I, I want to see it on a short track. Well, we'll have an opportunity next week with Richmond, but it will be it will be fun today 
uh, or I guess technically tomorrow. Well, fun today because the truck series, there's only so many ways you can push a gigantic rectangle box through the wind. <laughs> So mm-hmm. that's what makes the truck race itself. The The truck race will, at the end, get a little spread out. But at the beginning, when they're all running together, beating and banging like a short track, that's what makes the, the truck race so much fun. But back to the Cup Series with the new with the new downforce package, it will be – it's one of those to where the way that the drivers respond is going to be one thing. But it, it the, the, the way that they did it, I don't know if – I still think they're going to need a third package where you're going to need one – Four, uh, four, really, you need the super speedway package, then you need the mile-and-a-half package, then you need the, the mild Dovers and Phoenixes and stuff like that, then you need a road course package, and then you'll need a short track package. It's just the nature of the way NASCAR was. That's the way every car has been for the last two or three generations. I'm not anticipating this, this next-gen car being any different as we move along with the single-source parts. It's still going to have to have different packages to fine-tune for the different racing. And I'm glad you mentioned the single-source part. And Mark Garrow will join us tomorrow, which is our new Sunday tradition when we're at Coda. Mark Garrow from PRN, uh, he'll be in uh, at noon with us when we fire off. But I, re- I really want to see a focus. I-, I get it. You have to improve the the package right there and all of that and make it more um, the entertainment value. I mean, you want a good race. But what I really want to see them hone in on, the, the, the single-source part and the modification of these parts, That that's something that's really becoming – and, and, again, we don't know. I, I mean, you know, the teams are going to say whatever they're going to say. I, I For those of you that don't know, there was, I mean, $400,000 worth of fines um, and driver points and owner's points to Hendrick Motorsports uh, a, a couple of weeks back. And that was, you know, big news and, and just with all of that because they apparently modified one of the single-source parts. And, and somebody did ask me last week, when you all say single-source, what do you mean? What, what that is, every part on that car comes from uh, each one from a single source. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't go out and shop around and try to find five different manufacturers. It's got to be one. And that's, those parts are provided. They're provided. You don't go get them. And the teams are taking it upon themselves to tweak them because they're not fitting. Because they're not fitting. And I think that's where – that is a gray area right there. I mean, because I'm going to make it fit as good as possible to benefit me, to benefit my team. I don't know how you control that. I don't know how you police that. I don't know what you put in place. Uh, um, do you set up a, a, a spot where, hey, this louver, uh, I, I, need it, I need it shaved down. I mean, I, I don't know what – but they really need to hone in on that one before that one gets blown out of control. I think it's a QC issue, a quality control issue with the single source suppliers. And, and I think that for, the, for those people that the cars, the previous generation cars were pretty identical as it was. There were teams that just had it more fine-tuned. We're talking, you know, links of fingernails and extension, uh, hair extension widths and stuff like that as far as, like, how close the cars were. Now it is literally single source parts. Everybody buys from the same vendor. It's all made by the same chassis manufacturer. The bodies are from the same manufacturer. The hood louvers are from the same manufacturer. What I think it is is some of these smaller parts are the the smaller parts are really good because you got your tolerance, some of your toe links and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's pretty easy to see. Ball joints, all that. That's pretty easy to see. These hood louvers, I think, because you have such a massive amount of need for them, the quality control for the hood louvers is not there. You talk about policing it, hundred thousand dollar fine a car. That's the easiest way to police it right there. Take away, take away 100 points. 
take away $100,000 per car. That's one way to police it. I guess the next team that has it not going to fit is going to be on the phone to NASCAR saying, hey, this is not fitting right. Uh, I'm not going to touch it because I can't afford a $100,000 fine. And, and I think that's what NASCAR does well, that, that when they set a precedent, they, they do follow through. I mean, it, it doesn't matter who it is. I mean, the, the thing with Hendrick, I mean, I saw folks talking with, uh, with Williams, with Josh Williams last week. It's like, I think I even said it, where his career's done. I, I mean, he's done. They're going to get him out of here. You, you find Hendrick $400,000, Stu, that, to me, that's a pretty damn stomp of the foot saying, we are not going to allow this. I don't care if it's RFK. I don't care who it is. This is the rule. Well, and especially you're finding one of your, you know, let's just say it, one of your front runner teams. Absolutely, Hendrick, that that kind of coin, that's you know, that's gonna that's gonna make an impression on them to know. Okay, we have to follow this rule. We can't we can't push you know push this thing either way. So yep, everybody everybody's equal. Uh, I mean that that's the goal and and cost savings it's funny with this multi-million dollar sport. It's like we talk about cost savings, but um I, I do want to talk about here um I'll do it later. I was talking uh, Xfinity. Uh Xfinity is in a position where they've made some changes with that car maybe going down the wrong wrong road in a lot of people's opinions, but we'll talk about that later. One lug nut in Xfinity series ain't going to work. That ain't going to work on there, and it sure ain't going to work on those trucks. When we come back, we will discuss the Expel 225 for the trucks. We'll break that down, go through the lineup. you got some cuppers in that one, and then we'll go to the Pit Boss 250 for the Xfinity cars and get you set for that one as well. you got a cupper on the pole of that one. You guys can talk about what y'all did yesterday with that guy on the pole. All of that and more. We're live at Circuit of the Americas. It's Revved Up ATX on the horn. I'll tell you, man, it's like you just drop a couple of words right there, and Ty Henderson is taking care of it. Uh, Ty, let me ask you, brother. Uh, Got to ask you, man. Thoughts on the game last night, dude? This is uh, we're sitting on a rocket ship right here with this Texas Longhorn basketball team. Man, yeah, they got the championship energy is the the two words uh, that could best describe last night in my mind. Uh, you know, you get that feeling around some of these teams that uh, when they get close to in the playoffs, close to a championship, and I'm kind of getting that feeling with this team right now. They they just got everything going their way. They must be drinking that four loco. <laughs> no, hopefully they're staying away from the four loco. Right. By the way, quick correction: uh, you heard the commercial before. Texas did beat Xavier eighty three seventy one. They're the highest seed right now in the tournament. All four number one seeds are out, so Texas will play Miami. Tip off is at four o five p.m. Central. And we will be on with pregame at 3.30 p.m. Central with Craig Way and Eddie Oren. You can hear that not only on the horn, but also on Coke FM. That's right. Texas on a roll. Looking to keep it going tomorrow. We are live at Circuit of the Americas. Stu Myrick, Bobby Chaffee, Rodney Rodriguez, Ty Henderson back at the Horn Studios. Live here at Coda. Cup cars on the racetrack. You, you may be able to hear the hum of that sweet sounding car as it goes by. And, and I'll go back to that, man. I just love the sound of this race car. It just sounds like open headers. And, and you sit, you stand next to that thing and you feel it throughout your body. I, I was down there uh, yesterday and they, they were like revving. They revved, ironically, they revved one of those things up. And it's like, oh my. 
my goodness. I mean, you get chills. I mean, it like hurt my ears. And it, and it takes a lot to hurt my ears because I can't hear a damn thing. <laughs> but, my goodness, this, this car, it's just so throaty. I, yeah. I just love this car. It, it does have a unique sound to it. When I was rolling the pits myself yesterday, they were doing some kind of test with Denny Hamlin's fuel system. It had a little bit Uh-oh. of a, it had a little <laughs> bit of an issue. Like you could tell it wasn't pounding on all eight cylinders. Don't make him mad again. Don't make him <laughs> mad again. But it but it had a, it had just a little bit of a rough idle, even at trying to rev it up and they were putting some fuel in it. So uh but even at that, even at that full song, you know, with a little bit of issue, maybe trying to, to iron out some little gremlins, man, that thing was that thing just sounded great. Yeah, yeah, very very sweet machine. Guys, Expel, uh, Expel 225 coming up. Ross Chastain on the pole. You, you guys were a part. Uh, they did a really cool thing here. They did. Um, you know, Chastain wins last year. And, and the whole thing is, what I like about the whole Chastain story with the watermelons, it's not a made-up, you know, made-for-TV, made-for-print yeah. thing. It, it is very genuine, man. That was so cool what y'all were a part yeah, of. Yeah, his family, of course, you know, watermelon, watermelon growers. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, Ross Chastain, who got his first cup win last year, Right here at Circuit of the Americas, uh, so this year he ca- carried on the celebration from a little higher elevation. <laughs> he dropped watermelons from the top of the 251 foot Coda Tower, which you know if you've been up there, I went up there years ago back when the X Games was here. Yeah, and it is, I mean, number one, a beautiful view up there, but you can see. It is it is a long drop, and he dropped those things. There was one. They had this tarp on the ground. That was the target. Mm-hmm. One of those watermelons hit so hard, it kind of gashed into the tarp. Man. I mean, and these things, and, of course, watermelon hits the pavement. It obliterates. It, it <laughs> turns into nothing. I saw a couple pieces shoot all the way down to where we were, you know, right above, right below where we were standing. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun to watch that. Of course, Clint Boyer was up there with him doing the thing for Fox. We got to visit with him a little bit afterwards. He even signed watermelons and gave those out with some hats to some lucky fans that were there to witness the event. It. It, it was one of those things where at first you're like, man, this is going to be kind of dumb. This might be kind of stupid, but it was actually really entertaining. That was my thought. Uh, the problem is, is that what made it drag on was yeah. the was the studio stuff with Fox. Yes, because they practiced four or five times trying to get the perfect throw over the edge to try to get it set up for TV. You'll see it tomorrow during pre race, probably there on the Fox Sports uh, on Fox Sports on Channel Seven here locally. Um, but once they finally dropped that. But it was, I think he did, what, four, four regular well, he did, ones? Well, he did three for us. Yeah. And then, and then he had the for... one for Fox. And it was so funny. He went, uh, had to go at least at least seven minutes where he would lean out, had the watermelon in his hand, and then pull it back. Oh, my god. And goodness. then lean out, and then pull it back. And you hear Boyer, let's do it. He lean out and pull it back again. It was dropping us nuts. Yeah. Quite honestly. It was like, drop this thing already. And that, that really is a great, uh, I don't know who came up with that. Whoever did needs a raise. Because yeah. that is, I mean, because it, one of the things with this racetrack is obviously that tower. I mean, the observation deck over there, that's something, I mean, it's so cool flying over this place because yes. you look and boom, there it is. But, uh, I mean, to, to do that right there, and that's what we have watched here all weekend is the presentation here. 
is just once again spot on. I mean, I, I like to say that this is kind of like a county fair. I mean, because you come over here, you've got yeah. the main event on the, on the track. But, uh, I mean, we, we touched on it earlier. I mean, the, the fan zone and all of that. But doing stuff like that. And, again, I think I, I got messages yesterday from, from fans that were out here. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I can't believe the accessibility of the drivers. And I really think that's what set, sets NASCAR apart. And it works great here in austin well and that's and that's one of the biggest things i've been lucky enough i've covered several different series here whether it's formula one uh WEC, uh indycar imsa and i will tell you now nascar brings out the you know they they bring everything out they you know the fans get to come in they get to see the drivers the cars and not to mention all the stuff they have around it and and that's what has been great about racing at coda has mm-hmm. been all the different things that fans can get involved in whether it's music it's the events in the grand plaza it's everything uh this is this is becoming fast becoming one of the best racing attractions ar- you know around uh when they come out to circuit of the americas yeah one of the things we were talking i don't remember we were talking about it yesterday is that it's starting to feel like home which is weird because obviously you know we call it a home track because it's right in the backyard, but really, but what they were talking about in the the just of the conversation was we were talking about how it's starting to feel normal now the the county fair aspect of it if you yeah. will the the lucha libre stuff the Ferris wheel the spinny spinner spinner you know puke four thousand that they've got over there in the fan zone that spins like the, the five spider or waves, whatever they you know, have uh, the accessibility even our friend our friend Jacqueline Drake who's been on the show before. Has uh, as do came in from North Carolina to do the driver Q and A's over in the fan zone in the different manufacturer areas. So it's it's becoming it's it's found its place on the calendar. I feel like as we were talking, we don't remember if it was a three year deal or a five year deal where SMI leased Coda from the powers that be from Circuit of the Americas. But hopefully this this race is here to stay. Uh, beautiful weather, uh, no issues with weather. A little, little humid yesterday, but. Hopefully this has found a good spot on the schedule. I don't see it leaving because it's a world-class facility racing with the number one racing series in North America. I don't see how you could take that away. Right. And uh, we've got to give a shout-out to our friend Tierra Newbaum as well. I, I'm telling you guys, it's not going to be long. She's going to hit the racing circuit, man. Yeah. She's a, that's a talented young lady. But uh, it, it – and I really like it because – I mean, just the – not that Coda was ever gone. Maybe uh, times were a little hard at one point, uh, you know, with state funding and well, all that. Well, it, it happened in 2015, the Formula right. 1 U.S. Grand Prix. Right. When the rains came and, you know, almost everything got washed out. Look at all that Chick-fil-A. Oh, there we go. <laughs> but, yeah, and there was some, a lot of talk about would they get the money from the state uh, main event fund. Well, now this has become and, – and it's it's kind of funny because – Ran into the same thing with this with an, with another event that's happening this weekend with the Dell Technologies exactly. Match Play, yep. World yep. Golf Championships, because the PGA is reinventing their schedule and they don't they don't feel like a match play tournament is part of their schedule anymore. So this is the final year that match play comes to the Austin Country Club, whereas here and we hear it, drivers loves it, the the Speedway Motorsports folks love it, the fans certainly love it. I can't imagine that they won't, you know, just sign this thing for another extension for at least another three, four years. And, and I think the timing of all of the SMI, when SMI puts their hands on something, it's usually going to work out well. I mean, we're, mm-hmm. we're seeing it with North, North Wilkesboro, and it, it's a lot of smart people that, that are in tune with every aspect of this. But I think the timing of this 
we love Texas Motor Speedway. I mean, we, we work with the hell. They're yeah. here. They're here. They're a part of this. But the timing of this coming on the schedule with maybe some of the struggles there, I think, has just been um, – I mean, you couldn't script it any better because it was okay. Let's let's liven up that product somehow without reconfiguring or whatever may or may not happen there. Let's do something different. Well, they came what two hundred fifty miles down the road, and they're doing something very different, and it's working. I see no reason this goes away. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This is again, it's a world class facility. We hear the drivers, no matter what this one, they love this track. Yep. And that's and, and it's the same with the NASCAR drivers. They love this track. They love the challenges and everything. So I gotta believe this is be, this is going to become a regular stop every year on the Cup schedule. It really is. I mean, because it, just with with the we've watched the schedule evolve so much. I mean, all the road courses not not used to that. I mean, I'm from the day of two, maybe three at the most. But now, very road course heavy. It uh, conducive to this car very much so. It uh, brings out guys like Jordan Taylor. I mean, we've got two F one world yeah. champions in this. I mean, but well, we can dig into that tomorrow. But so this race today, you got Ross Chastain. You, you got the watermelon man on the on the pole right there. He wins the pole. Kyle Busch is in this race. Um, but the the thing about it is, those are going to be the names that that are going to jump out to you. Ty Majeski sitting right there. I watched him run an incredible super late model race last Sunday. Um, he's there. This this is a loaded field. This is a loaded field, and and Spencer was just talking about these trucks are not the easiest ones to get around this racetrack. Y'all's thoughts? Uh, who 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 can dethrone the big two? We can call them. Man, that's going to be interesting, Bobby. Well, who you got? Uh, I think Christian Eckes is the one that's got the biggest chance. He was really hot in, in mm-hmm. practice, uh, up at the top of the boards on a, a couple of the practice sessions there before qualifying hit. But I, I think that just because normally, if you said Kyle Busch is in the race, it's going to be a Kyle Busch benefit race. Yeah, him and Chastain are going to put on a show for a little bit. Uh, but it's the guys like Majeski was kind of. He was good in practice, but to qualify third was actually really good. Nick Sanchez continues to impress there in fourth uh, as the most highest qualified rookie. But you got Christian Eckes in there, Carson Hosefar, uh, Zane Smith uh, starts seventh. He's the he's the defending winner of the race. So they, uh, and uh, that team's going for a three-peat with two different drivers. So it's uh, you know it's um, anybody there. And then you know look at fourteenth, our buddy uh, Logan Bearden. Amazing uh, that. That kid right there, I mean, we've watched him just for so long. And, and uh, there's an interview up at hornfm.com. All of our content is right there. One of those, I, I believe, is is with Logan Beard. And if not, uh, I'll, I'll find it. I don't know where it is. But just w- with him, very skilled at road course racing, very skilled at oval track racing, driving there for AM racing. And, again, that's where you get a story like that. And, and I hope – some of the other media outlets are running with that because it's like, yeah. check this out. We've got one of our guys from just north of Austin, Leander, and here he is in the major leagues of NASCAR racing. He doesn't drive that truck every week. Yeah. This is a this is a one-off deal that he and his family put together. He was talking about that where he's like, I want to throw my hat into this one. He works for AM Racing. Um, I'm going to throw my hat in, and, and they put the funding together to get it done, and he qualified 14th in this pack of 36 trucks. That's, that's not, impressive. That's not bad. I want to ask you guys, because you, you guys follow this closer than I do, but I seem to recall a few years ago there was a lot of talk about, you know, cup drivers pulling away from Xfinity and truck. And now it feels like we're seeing them come back with Kyle Busch, <laughs> with Ross Chastain. Do you all see drivers entering multiple series within NASCAR again as a popular 
popular thing to do. Well, part of it is that they don't get uh, any owner's points when right. they have the cup drivers come in and the trucks and the Xfinity cars. So that deters having – that's why they, you hear the term all-star car a lot with some of the, the bigger teams. But the thing that, that surprised me the most is that a lot of it's just track time. There is nothing comparable between a cup car and a truck. There's nothing comparable between a cup car and an Xfinity car. What it is is just reps on the racetrack. That's all it's for. And, and you get a chance to see it more so. At, to the, the surprising number of guys that are actually pulling double duty was really kind mm-hmm. of a surprise. you got guys pulling double duty with the trucks and Xfinity cars. The thing that surprised me, I didn't realize that uh, the Spire Motorsports number 7 truck and Alex Bowman, D&Q, didn't make the race. Yeah, didn't even make yeah. the race. Yeah, he, he had a problem yesterday, so he didn't make the race. So that that's a big – and, again, that's where NASCAR – no provisionals, uh, none of that stuff anymore. There's no past champions. I won't mention drivers' names where it's like, hey, so-and-so didn't make the race. Well, we're going to put him in. Promoter's option, they yeah. used to call it. But – and now, now with the cup car – you know, n- nothing like anything that's on the track today with the sequential shifter and, and everything. I mean, not night and day, but Bobby is, is spot on right there. In a race like this, it is all about timing. It's, it's all You have to be sharp. Something that I noticed yesterday as I was walking through the pits, I, I would look inside the dash of these cars, and most of them have a map of this place because you get so turned around as you're driving around out here. You obviously never lose uh, track of where you are, but you can get you can get kind of dumbfounded a little bit. But having the, having the cup folks in, and I'll tell you why I like it now, it's because, like Bobby was saying, it used to be a given. It was a given that if you had a cupper that jumped into one of these two, they're going to win. That's not the case anymore because with the trucks and with the Xfinity, you've got guys that are, I mean – there are folks on the starting grid of the two races today that are just as good as the folks on that Sunday grid. And that tells you uh, the quality of driver, the quality of team, and with NASCAR trying to balance all of this out, and I'll talk about the Xfinity uh, conversation I had uh, uh, a little bit later on, but um, I think it's welcomed. And I think now the truck drivers and the Xfinity drivers, they welcome them in. They want to race the best. Well, they do, but I, I think that to the counterpoint, your point, A.J. Mm-hmm. Allmendinger is on a pole for the Xfinity race. Well, yeah. Defending race winner, yeah. uh, moved back yeah. up to the Cup Series. Sure. That's probably going to be an A.J. Allmendinger benefit race. Could be. But, but he's a good guy, right? He doesn't he win them all. That's yeah. why you won't hear the fan uproar if he ends up winning. Yeah, and that's totally good. I mean, he's a fan favorite here. And, I mean, a lot of that, I know a lot of this is sponsorship and marketing. That That's the big you know, the elephant in the room right there. If, you know, uh, you know, Johnny's auto part says, Hey, I want Stu Myrick in the car for Coda and they're giving millions of dollars. Stu's going to help him. (laughs) Look, I've done. Now I got lucky years and years ago when Weck was here, I rode in an Aston Martin with Bruno Senna, the nephew of Bruno San Martino. No, 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 not Bruno San Martino. (laughs) Bruno Senna, who was the nephew of the late great Ayrton Senna, the F1 legend. And I got to ride three laps with him. When they were here for WEC mm-hmm. and riding these laps, and, and you're, you know, you talk about some of those corners, taking those corners at high speeds, uh, you know, it's it it can be a little, you know, like oh my god, you know. And one of the things they told us it was last year, I believe, they took us on a tour of the track, and the like when you come up to the corners, they have the braking signs. Now in F one, there it's 150 meters, 100 meters, 50 meters. They had to change that. Because it's NASCAR, so I think it's like just three, two, one. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it, but it's it's things like that that is going to make, like you mentioned, those those you know those break those corners, taking those corners. You mentioned the passing zones. That's going. That's that's what's going to make 
all weekend, today and tomorrow. So much fun to watch. Yeah. I think, I think it will. Uh, by the way, uh, breaking news, William Byron on the poll uh, for the cup race tomorrow. Uh, top ten uh, on there, you had uh, Tyler Reddick second, uh, who was the fastest in practice yesterday. So William Byron, Tyler Reddick, uh, Austin Sendrick, Jordan Taylor, the mm. sleeper, the Remember ringer. We'll talk about him a lot tomorrow. Uh, Suarez, Amendinger, uh, the first three rows for tomorrow's right. race. So that's uh, qualifying nice. wrapped up here today. So, But, yeah, I, I think that the way that the whole thing works is it's so – it, you have to make it work for NASCAR. That's why they have the subtle changes. NASCAR mm-hmm. is not Formula One, no. and people have to realize that. And you see it when you the difference in the presentations between what SMI brings when NASCAR is here versus what everybody else brings when Formula One yeah, is here. Absolutely. And Great. Wayne Byron, yeah. my God, he is having I, I'm one you. great beginning of the season. And 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 you know what? And I was noticing yesterday. So they were out when they had the practice session. I was walking through the garage area. He sat with his team, and they were debriefing for probably 30 minutes. I would walk by, and he's just sitting there. Everybody with a laptop in front of him, they have obviously hit on something because he'll go from the pole, and, and that's Jordan Taylor. Yeah, yeah, well, in our in our preview tomorrow from noon to 2, we'll break all of these guys down and, and really dig into that. Something I'm, I'm looking forward to for our listeners tomorrow, Stu, is to that sound from Jensen Button. Because yes. what Bobby's talking about, the differences between F1 and NASCAR, just he, he broke it down as clear as I've ever heard it broken mm-hmm. down. Well, and, and I will tell you now, we'll have it from both Jensen Button and Kimi Raikkonen, who won the 2018 F1 U.S. Grand Prix here at COTA. That's right. He talked about this very same thing, so I'm going to have both of those tomorrow. Yep, good stuff. That's from noon to 2 tomorrow, Sunday. Turn it on in the car. Turn it on in the app. We'll get you to the racetrack, get you ready for that Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix. Next, we'll dive into the Xfinity lineup, talk about uh, who may be some of the sleepers there, and get you ready for race day, Saturday race day. We're live from Circuit of the Americas. This is Revved Up ATX on the Horn. We're live local digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. When friends come for Saturday night, man, it's not to make up sangria wine. It's organic and it comes from the vine. It's also legal and it gets you so high. That sums up NASCAR weekend at Coda right there. Yeah. There you go. Thank Talladega. But yeah. It's getting closer. The camp, campground's pretty full this week. I've been told that this place is really cranks it up. Really cranks it up. I, I got an invite from a friend to head over to the to Lot Inn. Uh, she said, come after dark. I'm like, what are we doing here? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's going on over here? Hello. She's like, come after dark over here to the to the, to the the barbecue cook-off. Coda, Coda after dark. You won't regret it. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> that, that could be good or bad. You know, yeah. last woman told me that. I married her for crying out loud. <laughs> so, I don't know. Uh, XPL 225, Pit Boss 250 coming up. Reminder tomorrow, 12 to 2. Get to the track with us, Revved Up ATX, Stu, Bobby, Rodney. Ty is back at the studio. He'll be there uh, tomorrow as well. Thank you, Ty, for doing that as well. Uh, to the folks at Four Loco, they've been working with us throughout the week. Uh, had a conversation with Ryan Ellis the other day, and, and I was he hasn't driven a cup car. He's driven this new cup car. He's driven in cup, but not with this variation of the car. And I was asking him, because I've been told, I mean, Dale Jr. has mentioned, uh, a lot of guys have mentioned that the Xfinity car is actually the perfect car. 
between the horsepower, the drivability, whatever, that the Xfinity is the perfect car. They went in and modified that thing this year mm-hmm. where they, they took out, they did a rear-end housing change, and they went out and they took some of the skew, well, they took all of the skew out of this car, which is when you see the car coming at you, it looks like it's kind of running sideways. All of that is gone, so you are straight. Ryan Ellis tells me, he's like, this car is horrible to drive. He said, uh, I loved it before. The drivability was amazing. The, the, the throttle response. He said, now, going to straight line, it's horrible. I hate it. So, ever-evolving. <laughs> ever-evolving. I was singing the praises of the Xfinity car. He's like, dude, it ain't that great. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they, what did they change? The rear, they changed the rear truck arms to make it different, yeah, so which is changing the way of driving. And then there's the talk of the single lug nut. No, I don't want to see a single lug nut on a finished series car. I don't no. think that's going to work. I don't know. On a 15-inch wheel? I don't see how that center lug is going to hold up. Yeah, no, no. I don't think that will happen. And I, I mean, I like the variation. I mean, you, now you've got the, the next-gen car. You've got the car that apparently isn't as great as it used to be. And then you've got a dadgum truck. I mean, I think you're good. Do you think – I mean, do you think because with as with a lot of things in life, is it just the fact that it's brand new and you got to get used to it, or are they really not a fan of these changes? I think it's it's all about the drivability. I yeah. mean, because what it does, it restricts the drivability of the car, and then you can have a car like the new car where uh, the drivability is horrible, depending yeah. who you ask. Yeah, places for races, pretty easy. Pretty easy. Park it on FS1 today. Uh, starting at high noon. And then just stick with it all day. You have the truck race and the Xfinity race tomorrow, 1230. Network Fox kicks off the uh, coverage if you can't make it out here live. Expel 225 coming up for the NASCAR Craftsman Trucks. Pit Boss 250 presented by USA Today for the Xfinity Series. A little bit later on, we are back here 12 to 2 tomorrow to get you ready for the Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix live from Circuit of the Americas. Stu Myrick, Bobby Chaffee, Ty Henderson, Rodney Rodriguez. Have a great day, everybody. We'll catch you Sunday for NASCAR Racing at Coda.